I like to doing yeah all my exercise barefoot and in the gym to have some barefoot exposure. But I think that it should not be the only way, only modality, and that's why this article and what I believe it's that you have to strengthen anatomically and walk around this force production around the forefoot and around also the my foot. Welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast, the podcast that dives into the philosophies, ideas, and practices of some of the best practitioners in high performance sport. So this is a part two coming up with Remain after last week's part one. So in part one, just a bit of a recap, we had a little chat around traditional foot strength protocols in rehab and performance. We had a little chat around forefoot strengthening and assessments. But this episode, the part two, we have a little chat around midfoot strength and stiffness assessments, midfoot strengthening. Then we have a little chat around more in depth around the first race strengthening, foot and ankle coupled strengthening, and then finish off with a really interesting topic, which the common misconceptions around foot strength training. So really interesting part two. Again, Remain does an incredible job of explaining some pretty tough concepts when it comes to the foot obviously a very complex structure so if you haven't checked out part one make sure you do but this is the part two and i hope you enjoy this episode of the pacey performance podcast is sponsored by rewire fitness mental fitness is quickly becoming a hot topic in our industry as we've found on recent episodes of the podcast but what are you doing to develop the mental fitness of your athletes Rewire Fitness is a mental fitness platform that helps athletes reach their full potential and avoid burnout by providing integrated tools to holistically improve readiness, recovery and resilience. Their patented technology features protocols from neuroscience, psychology, physiology and beyond providing a holistic approach to human performance. So Rewire has been backed by some of the biggest names in sport like Under Armour, who invested in their first investment round, and Kyle Culver, NBA All-Star who spent 17 seasons in the league. Make mental wellness and cognitive performance a priority amongst your athletes today. And to learn more, to set up a demo, head to rewirefitness.app forward slash Pacey. That's P-A-C-E-Y. And this episode is also sponsored by Hawking Dynamics. Hawking Dynamics is the world's first wireless force plate testing system. The Hawking Dynamics system is built for coaches to test in the real world, not just in the lab. Capture reliable data on all your athletes in a matter of minutes and monitor their progress in the cloud from anywhere in the world. The Hawking Dynamics force plates are wireless, portable and trusted by teams at every level of sport. Integrating force plates into your athlete monitoring program has never been easier or more affordable. If you want to see the Hawking Dynamics force plate system in action, head over to their website hawkingdynamics.com to schedule a demo or follow them on Twitter at Hawking Dynamics. And also sponsoring this episode is Hytro. Have you ever tried blood flow restriction for recovery? Hytro has developed the world's first BFR wearable, unlocking the recovery benefits of BFR to sport athletes. BFR is no longer just for one-on-one physio or rehab. Hytro allows teams to use this safe and scalable sports BFR device post-exercise 
to dramatically enhance recovery. So whether in the changing room post game, during away game travel, in the hotel or at home, Hytro has created a simple and effective tool to allow BFR to be delivered to athletes and squads simultaneously, safely and more conveniently than ever before. Check them out at hytro.com or email warren on warren at hytro.com to find out how Hytro BFR can give your athletes a competitive edge. So without further ado, over to the episode with Romain. So Roman, in part one, we had a little chat around um, current protocols, traditional strengthening when it comes to the, the foot, the contribution to sports performance. Then we finished off with assessments and training of the forefoot. So now we're going to move on to the midfoot. What strength assessment options have we got for the midfoot? I I will say it's the difficult part of 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 the foot uh, because um, it's really complicated really to directly assess this region. But what we know is that uh, in the foot, when you have a ankle plantar flexion, like heel raise, for example, you have also a, a force and a power production around the mid foot. So you have this four foot that are on the ground and you have also a, a power generation on the foot on the mid foot, sorry, and also on the ankle. And the last couple of study, biomechanical study, uh, show that when you change the tooth, so the preposition of the tooth could be in neutral, so on the floor, could be in flex position, so performing a, a heel raise outside a, a step, for example, that's a great way, uh, that's a great, for, for example, exercise when you want to just work on the, the calf and you maybe have some pain issue. Uh, it's a great way to continue to work on your calf without uh, have, uh, I would say, a, a great tension around the foot. And in the reverse, when you have your tools in preposition in dorsiflexion, uh, what we what what they show is that you increase your uh, mid tarsal or mid foot uh, force production because uh, it's yeah much more difficult to to perform the task but it could be also an uh, an indirect way to assess I will say the, the stiffness of the mid foot to allow this this heel rise. And so when I um, when I read the, this article, I say, okay, that, that could be interesting to to work on that. So in training and in assessment, that's why I just uh, modified the uh, single leg heel rise test that we uh, all know from uh, Kim Huber uh, Lozier, and do the same. So with uh, um, a, a, a speed uh, issue, so it's uh, uh, on the metronome, so six, 60 beats per minute, and you have to perform yeah a maximum of hill rising, but uh, on the inclined plate, which allow the, the tooth dorsiflexion. And uh, about yeah, a, a good normative value, I would say for for an athlete, uh, for male athletes, it's around 30 reps 
until exhaustion. And for female athletes, it's around 626 and, 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 and 27. So yeah, for sure, the calf capacity is also assessed in this uh, assessment. I, I, I know that. Uh, but I know also that uh, the issue in, in this test could also be the might foot because it's uh, yeah, much more difficult than doing it on the floor. And it's a, a great, well, I would say a great, an indirect way to assess the, this region of the foot. And for, interestingly, sorry, we all know this study by Ratliff around plantar heel pain in 2040 uh, that uh, create this exercise. So it's the, this exercise when you do heel rise, but with a towel on, around the toes to, to have this dorsiflexion. And at this time, the logical, I will say, uh, of this exercise was that you have a um, um, hide resistance training of the plantar fascia because you work on this windlass mechanism. So have a dorsiflexion of the toes, increase the tension of the plantar fascia. So doing some uh, heavy strength training in this position will, you know, uh, increase the medical tension of the plantar fascia. It, it will be a good exercise for the for the plantar ill pain uh, patient. And what I believe now, mm, I will say, um, uh, reading the literature around the role of the plantar fascia and around the role or not of the of this windlass mechanism, if we know that uh, when inc when increase the tooth dorsiflexion around the foot, you don't increase the stiffness around the fascia. You decrease the stiffness around the fascia. It's totally the reverse that what all the biomechanical uh, authors and researchers uh, believe. So you decrease, and in order to keep this uh, tension and this stiffness to Heal your raise, uh, raise your heel and uh, keep your uh, raising your arch to have this might. It's really an active contribution, so intrinsic foot muscle, but also the the extrinsic of that. So I believe that it add uh, clinical and scientific result in plantar repair, not because of maybe a changement around the plantar fascia structure but maybe because uh, people increase their might foot strength or their, their, um, their foot muscle strength. But he didn't uh, assess that uh, in, in the paper. But for me, that, that, that's maybe the, the issue and the result of, of this article. It's maybe much more related to that, that may, maybe some issue around the windlass mechanism because we know now that the windlass is much more the stiffness around the windlass mechanisms. It's much more related to active contribution of the of of the foot muscle and also of the pretension of the the calf. Just briefly, yeah. Roman, the windlass mechanism. Just give us a brief explanation. So yeah, the windlass mechanism is the um, I will say an anatomical and biomechanical uh, mechanism where when you have your, your foot 
uh, on the ground. So for example, in sitting or in standing position and you increase or you put your toes in dorsiflexion, you have <coughs> a lengthened effect on the plantar fascia that leads to a, a arch raising. So, so just doing like that on your toes and you will see that you have a arch uh, rising. And the idea behind this is that when you have this push-up push uh, during the push-up phase, during the propulsion phase, when the heel raise, you have this dorsiflexion. So you have increased the tension of the, the plantar fascia that's enabled to have a stiff leverage. So it was a passive stiff leverage. So the windlass mechanism uh, historically is a passive, uh, I would say, mechanism. And uh, what uh, luckily research group, but Lorraine Welty, which uh, did a PhD around just the plantar fascia, uh, showed that uh, the windlass mechanism and the two dorsiflexion actually don't increase the stiffness on the plantar fascia but decrease the stiffness because you uh, change also the resting length of the ligament around the might uh, around also the the might foot region so you don't have an increase of the stiffness on the might foot uh, during this uh, mechanism and that the stiffness of the foot when you have the push up phase is much more related to active muscular contribution in comparison to this only passive uh, mechanism, it, it, it will biomechanically, it, it could make sense. But when you really look at precisely inside the foot, we, we see that uh, you, you don't have uh, an increased tension uh, or an increased stiffness on the foot when you have uh, this uh, tooth dorsiflexion. So that's uh, yeah uh, a big aspect for me in assessment and training, and also when you discuss with pod podiatrists because some also some will say not some all podiatrists but that not aware of the research uh, uh, learn this at school. Uh, I would say very very well uh, in that assessment, Roman, with that heel raise. What what position is the foot on the plate? Where does the foot touch the plate? Is it, it just, yeah it, it, right on the just the, just the toes? Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really important because yeah, because if I'm at the top of the inclined plate, you know that the range of motion will will be much more greater, and so it's really just just the toes, and so you touch the you touch the floor and you go maximally. And you, so yeah, important aspect of that, it's uh, performing or find a way to have just a tooth dorsiflexion, or if you have an inkling plate, just to put your toes on inkling plate, but not totally, not be in the middle of the, yeah, yeah that, that's, yeah. So anything else to add on the strengthening of the midfoot? Uh, yeah, uh, about the exercise. Yeah. Um, so... I would say read read the literature around the plantar fascia, and I saw this interesting, uh, I will say, uh, setting 
where they, they put something on the forefoot, they put something on the rear foot, and you have nothing between. And after they, they do some heavy loading on, on, on the knee and with biomechanical marker, just seeing all the foot move or the arch deform or not and so. And when I read this, I said, wow, it could, 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 be, could be really interesting to, to have this, uh, I will say, uh, might foot uh, tension just by placing two 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 piece two, two piece or two steps on the forefoot and the rear foot, and uh, yeah, for the story. So during the yeah during the lockdown and yeah the pandemic, I'm just putting this video uh, on Twitter around uh, me in the garden in my parents' garden. Uh, I remember just uh, playing with with some exercise and just playing to to piece of wood. So on, on my forefoot and just say, okay, this is my uh, lockdown foot, foot exercise. And I call it a foot bridge, a foot bridge exercise. And uh, I remember that, uh, yeah, I have many great, great, uh, ex great expectation by, by people and great reaction by, uh, by uh, the practitioner on social media. And that's why I, yeah, I call this exercise the foot bridge because you have, yeah, uh, you have the same position. So always single leg stance position than for the foot, foot strength. But the, um, the addition of the, the change is truly that the, your made foot is uh, unloading or you have really nothing just under your uh, might foot region that will increase yeah, the, your tension under your mid foot. And this exercise is much more nodding isometric muscle action as, as I want <clears throat> my patient or athlete to, to really elevate, to keep their mid foot elevated and to, to avoid the, the, this, collapse, this collapse, sorry, during, during, the, during the exercise. And we, to come back to the forward leaning that we uh, talk about in part one and the forward leaning, it's really, really interesting also in this exercise to increase a little bit the, where you have an interiorization of the center pressure that's elicit a greater, uh, I would say, uh, loading impact on, on the, on, on the mate foot. And, uh, yeah, that, that's it for the exercise and considering the, the principle when dealing with uh, program, um, I reduce a little bit the body overloading because it's much more uh, difficult also uh, from a setting point of view to have a huge amount of uh, load on your shoulder when have, it's not in a stable exercise, but it, you don't do it on the floor. So that, that's why also, and uh, also in, in relation to the total volume, it's on maximal force is much more 80 to 100 seconds for maximal force of total volume of isometric contraction, holding contractions, right? And for hypertrophy, it's uh, between 160 and, and uh, 240 seconds for, yeah, 
hypertrophy on that. So I will say for the forefoot to synthesize much more uh, pushing maximal isometric action and for the might foot, it's much more in holding isometric muscle action. And uh, yeah, this is, we'll say called the, 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 the foot the, the, the foot bridge. And the same, the progression in the program is increase the body weight while decrease the volume and increase the plank distance. Also, that's a, a great way to, to, I will say, have a, a clear progression that leads to uh, increase the intensity also of the exercise. So would, would you do, so, would you do yeah. on a Smith machine, Roman? I would say, yeah, it, it, it could be for, you know, people uh, st- struggling to, to be very stable or, or to have a fear, maybe, uh, on holding, uh, holding weight on their shoulder but yeah you 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 can't with this kind of setting have the forward leaning you know so i would say that's the issue of, of the smith machine but for me it's great for one uh, people that have maybe fear of of a stable fear of a stable little bit or have body weight on their shoulder and the second one is also for um um, spine or lumbar issue because may, because yeah the forward lean it's really a forward lean around the ankle it's not flexing your trunk and that's also my external cue on that uh, it's like uh, do you know Michael Jackson yeah yes, do you know yeah, why he yeah. do this yeah. it, it, that yeah. that's it I don't want you to tr- to do your trunk flexion because yeah if you do your trunk flexion you will feel the load in your erector spinae, yeah, for sure, and in your glutes. So yeah, that you you I would say you can't have this forward leaning in the Smith machine. But for this kind of people, it, yeah, for sure, it, it's a great. So you've mentioned a couple of times the first ray. Just explain that to us and what that is as a structure, and then how would you go about strengthening that? I know you've mentioned it a couple of times already. Yeah. So when if we come back to the to the yeah. forefoot and uh, and the first way we know that in the forefoot you have the Alex the first metatarsal and after you have the second uh, second toe and the the, the two to the fifth metatarsal we know that this is really two two region because um, muscle are really dedicated to the first ray and other muscles are dedicated to the lesser toes. So it's really, uh, I would say agonist, but we also know that the muscle, so when I say muscle, which one? So the abductor allusis for the intrinsic, the flexor allusis brevis for also the intrinsic, and for the extrinsic is the flexor allusis longus, which is the larger, uh, extrinsic and extrinsic to flexor. He has really an important role uh, in locomo- in human locomotion. So we know that the muscle, dedi- so this three muscle, so dedic- dedicated to the to the first ray as a larger volume and cross-sectional area in comparison to the 
extrinsic and extrinsic dedicated to the Lesotho. So that's what, when I say that the ratio is between 1.2 and 1.3, it's, it, it should it should be like like that like like you know your your quadriceps and your hamstring ratio and about the first way we also know that uh, a good way to um, a good way biomechanically you have yeah the force production and the force orientation so it's all about uh, force platform kinetics. And I am lucky enough to have also the force or this force orientation and production is distributed. And that's what it's for me, it's wonderful aspect of that also, because you you can say that, uh, yeah, you have a lot of force production, but it's not optimized and it's not very well dis distributed uh, just, uh, just on the force uh, plantar pressure aspect. And that's why uh, I told that uh, I many times, I would say not always, but uh, saw the, the, the association between have a first strength deficit and have a not very well plantar pressure distribution. And around this plantar pressure distribution, we know that the first ray should that the force should be distributed around this uh, first rep because you increase the capacity of the force transfer you have a better force transfer through the foot and uh, in in running but uh, we don't have um, data on that on i would say sprinting but in running we know that the contribution it's decreasing from first to two fives. When you push like that, you should have much more plantar pressure force around the first after the, after the second, the three, the four, the fives. And sometimes you see, you don't see this distribution. So that that's what this uh, race important. And the second one for an injury, uh, uh, injury prevention or injury re rehab, we know that you have a, a biomechanical link between the capacity of your first ray to keep your toes on, to, 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 to be underground, to stay underground, and the inversion of your rear foot. So if your first ray is uh, on underground on and are able to be very stable and touch the ground without uh, you know, so uh, ele elevating, you know that you will decrease the the rotation of your of your rear foot. So from a lateral ankle sprain or chronic ankle instability um, uh, rehab, it's it's also very important yeah, to have a stable forefoot, what we call, but a first ray stability during contact time because we know that if you first ray don't have capacity to stay on the ground you can have also some biomechanic issue on the on the rear foot so that's also important yeah, yeah for that 
So we're just going to take a very quick break in this chat. Hope you enjoyed part one. So over in part two, we have a little chat around integrating foot strengthening into an existing program and a really interesting uh, topic to finish off and that's common misconceptions around foot strength training. So really interesting part two coming up. This episode of the Pacey Performance Podcast is sponsored by Play. Play is the leader in high-performance athletic flooring and strength equipment globally. So with offices in the US, Australia and the UK, Play provides an end-to-end experience by collaborating with organisations through their own proprietary formula to create world-class environments for coaches and athletes. Play's Achieve 18mm Rubber and Attack Turf have been at the cornerstone of elite training facilities for now over a decade, with the addition of the new Icon X rack range. Play are once again set to elevate the industry. On the 23rd of April 2022, Play will be hosting their first UK lab of the year in collaboration with Loughborough University. Play will be joined by some exceptional speakers from elite sport, industry and academia with a huge breadth of knowledge and experience. Listeners and supporters of Pace Performance Podcast are able to obtain an exclusive 20% discount using the code SPORTSMITH20 when registering at playacademy.com forward slash play hyphen labs hyphen Loughborough. And this episode is also sponsored by Kitman Labs. Kitman Labs is sport's first technology company to offer a complete solution that includes innovative analytics and an advanced athlete management platform that is supported by a team of sports, technology and data science experts with over 200 years experience. Kitman Labs is leading the evolution of sports performance, partnering with over 150 elite teams across the NFL, NHL, MLB, AFL, EPL and Championship Rugby. Through advanced statistical analysis, rigorous scientific research and unparalleled industry experience, they've architected the world's only analytics platform that helps sports teams to truly harness their data and uncover the influences behind performance optimization and injury risk. To find out more about Kitman Labs, visit kitmanlabs.com or follow them on social media at Kitman Labs. And now back to the episode with Roman. I think this is a a great area, really interesting area, but I think, and this is me just guessing, for, and you, you're going to know more than me, there's probably going to be lots of misconceptions around foot strengthening. What of What are the most bizarre things that you've heard or seen? And I'd like you to just put some... Put some to bed. Put them. Put these misconceptions to bed. So, what what are those misconceptions that people may see floating around regarding foot strengthening? The first, maybe misconception that uh, is we know that the extrinsic and the intrinsic are tiny muscles. Yeah, we know we know that in comparison to other other lower limb muscle. But it's not because they are tiny that they can be overloaded and that you 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 can't properly train train up, you know. And then just the terabun and just uh, yoga exercise are are, are are enough or are op- optimal to that. That the first one. So the second, I would say, maybe misconception is um, maybe around barefoot uh, barefoot training because we 
it's like I, I, I call the one size fits all approach. You say, okay, you have to be barefoot and you will have uh, great, greater foot strength. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of, of that approach. Uh, we know, yeah, that minimalist footwear or barefoot uh, is an interesting or could be an interesting modalities to have an impact on your structure of the foot. So your stiff, so your passive stiffness of your arch and also on the morphology of your foot. So increase, uh, I would say, the volume of the cross-sectional area. So that's what uh, I like to doing, yeah, all my exercise barefoot and to have some in, in, in the gym, to have some barefoot exposure. But I think that uh, it should not be the only way, only modality. And that's why this article and what I believe it's that you have to strengthen uh, anatomically and uh, walk around this force production around the forefoot and around also the, the, the my foot. Because just be barefoot, I will say, uh, increase uh, the loading aspect around the foot and the morphology aspect is an important one but you can have volume or cross-sectional and don't able to you know have a, a good uh, first rate strength for example because also of uh, as i can say you have neural activation and and, and so on and this third one yeah maybe the misconception also yeah also about as i told you Saying that the saying combine foot foot and ankle and say okay work on your foot ankle stiffness so what on your foot ankle stiffness is work on plyometrics for example so some pogo jump or uh, I don't know so uh, explosive maybe heel raise and and so on and as I told you I really like to uh, see the foot ankle complex as my calf, my triceps, and after as my foot, my forefoot, also my, my foot. And I want to have this um, aspect of what is good have analytically, you know, is maybe good have uh, calf, but not really on the, on the forefoot aspect or the reverse of both. And it's, uh, Really interesting because in the PhD thesis where um, we now in the cross-sectional study where we investigate um, the foot strengths on athletes and to see or they have an association or not with kinetics during explosive tasks. But we also evaluate the, the calf strengths and we also evaluate uh, a foot ankle ribbon jump where we have the, the stiffness capacity and the reactive strength of the foot and of the ankle. And it's funny to see not association at all between your isometric curve strength, your isometric MTP foot strength, and your uh, foot, I would say, foot ankle reactive strength or stiffness capacity. It's really, I will say, maybe three qualities, uh, three different qualities. And um, that's why um, 
working on your plyo, working just from a plyometric point of view, doesn't mean that you will increase your your, your forefoot strength. So I like really the, this approach always to have some an analytic stuff, you know, and some much more global and couple stuff. So la, 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 like plyometrics. Um, yeah. Cool. My last question for you, and I think this probably ties this whole topic within strength and conditioning program as a whole. How, how do we integrate it? Where does it, where does it go? How do we program for it? I mean, you've dived into the, the programming of each individual one, but where does it fit kind of more globally within the program? The first, yeah, I would say the first thing around that is, yeah, we know like in the strength and conditioning or athletic development that we have to focus on uh, something. You have uh, mesocycle, you have periodization. We know that we have two months of block of that and three months of block on, on another thing. So where to put the foot? Um, for me, I would choose, uh, we can talk about what, what I put in the article, but uh, maybe it's much more interesting to talk about the uh, key performance indicator of a foot strength in a strength and conditioning program. And for me, the first thing is that uh, you have to knowing your sport context because I know that there are some sports that should much more focus on the foot. I really believe in that in a spring, I would say track and field, but yes, sprinting, acceleration, a bobsleg, a lot. That's why I was very, not happy, but uh, I, I was uh, very excited to see that uh, like Jonas Dodu or Stuart Macmillan really like what, what, what I wrote in this article because from, from a clinical and from a field point of view, they, they probably see that the foot has an impact, you know, without have a scientific knowledge on that. But it's it's an important aspect. Also, it, it's why the thesis is interesting. It's, I, I try to, to put much more science on what many, many coaches believe, uh, that's, that believe that the foot is an important thing. So we say that I will um, rugby also in the rug. Uh, important to be very have a yeah have a strong ankle solid strength because you have knee flexion also and that uh, and I will say also in um, medio lateral uh, I will support action so with with some cutting with an ability also to have a lot of cutting so it could be some. Uh, position in uh, American uh, rugby or in, in rugby could be also in, in soccer uh, for sure. Also in basketball and 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 maybe handball. So I, I will say that you are knowing your sport contact, but also your key uh, performance indicator in your sport uh, should say or should advise you maybe to say, okay, the 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 foot could be an important region. For example, all the, maybe the jump 
sport action, I will much more focus on, on uh, not on, on something else, but not say that the, the foot is an important region, but for the sport that I've mentioned, I believe that. And after the two or three uh, important, it's uh, really in your program to consider the body overloading. For me, it's an important indicator. If you don't have, if you can't have that, consider the electrical stimulation. So if you don't have access to have a, a proper, properly body overloading setting, uh, so I would say outside the gym and, or whatever, find another way to have a great stimulus on the on the foot and on the intrinsec. It's yeah, you could be uh, electrical stimulation because it's also a great uh, modality for that. Find exercise that have also some kind of COP anteriorization because you will be also uh, in, you will increase the loading under the foot, but you will be much more also in uh, this aspect of uh, have an isometric contraction of your, your calf, but not have a totally ill raise, but also have a great foundation of the of the might foot and the forefoot while doing this kind of exercise. And the fourth advice will be to play with stools dorsiflexion because it's an important uh, aspect around the fourth length because also the fourth length curve, uh, as I told you. So. Yeah, knowing your sport context, body overloading, uh, exercise with COP anteriorization, and play with two dorsiflexion. I will say that the the foot uh, with the maybe with this uh, three advice, uh, you will find after some 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 exercise like you can uh, take mine. And, uh, <laughs> I will be very happy, but. Uh, the the first thing and you can train very intensively the foot uh bet bet between yeah between 15 and, and 20 25 minutes uh so that's also an important thing for me that uh with some um sport uh when i remember the bobsleigh for example the bobsleigh they they have a really intensive block just around the foot, but during all the year, they have just one exercise per week. I would say some kind of refresh. And so I will say that the foot could be trained between 15 and 25 minutes, very, I would say, uh, to, with an optimal way, but knowing all I um, spoke about, uh, just before and what about uh, yeah one, one two three session a week um, I would say that yeah be, be, between one and two also uh, is 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 not the optimal but it's I think you you will have an effect uh, with that or also because the this muscle, the, the intrinsic, uh, the in extrinsic, it's really the 
less strained muscle. So you have you will have a big improvement in many many uh, people. Uh, I would say very rapidly. So that's why also I uh, I believe in this uh, very intensive but not you know not three or two four weeks to have an improvement. I saw very rapid improvement and analytically. So if you just look at the strengths, but also uh, about the function when you look at uh, your plantar pressure distribution uh, during running, so running kinetics, but also on uh, force for, for platform assessment in relation to the reactive, reactive strength or foot ankle power, but also if we're dealing with injury with, with symptom uh, also. The last hour and a half has been absolutely superb. So thank you very much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. And I'll reiterate again, so much respect for people like yourself coming on and speaking English when English is not your first language. So thank you so much. If anyone wants to dive any deeper into anything that we've spoken about, firstly, they can read the article. But if they want more information on your research or any other people's research that are in this area, where would you direct people? So yeah, um, I will say I'm I'm a social media. So I have a, a Twitter uh, account. So it's uh, here R point Tourillon in a French way. Can, can you yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, no, I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll link to <laughs> I'll link I'll yeah, I'll link to it. So R point Tourillon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also on my Instagram, it's my yeah, it's my first name and my point my yeah. surname, so very easy to, to yeah. find me. And you you can also put if you want my uh, email email address, but I think you can find it on on Google, my professional uh, email address on my universe universe uh, Saturday uh, mail address. So yeah, that will be good. Perfect, Roman. Thank you very much really do appreciate it and I, I i was only going to take up an hour of your time and i've taken up two so there's been so much information there um let's keep in touch have a great christmas and um speak to you soon thanks rob great pleasure to to speak with you yeah thanks for tuning in to episode 430 of the pacey performance podcast big thanks to roman for giving up his time speaking so eloquently in english not his first language so i really do appreciate him coming on the podcast big thanks to hawking dynamics play kitman labs rewire fitness and hytro for sponsoring this episode today the podcast could not run its current form without these guys so i really do appreciate all their support We've got some really interesting guests coming up over the next couple of weeks from the world of tennis, from the world of sports tech, and someone that is involved a lot when it comes to jumping and jump training. So really interesting guests coming up over the next couple of weeks. So thanks for tuning in and look forward to chatting to you next time.